Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. I don't know if there's an injunction stopping me telling you who is the BBC presenter, highly paid and central to the BBC's output, according to the scuttlebuck in the newspapers that are dancing around that issue this evening. How would I know if there was an injunction? All I know is that my editor is presently convulsed, having kittens at the possibility I will say who it is. But if what I think is true is true, it is the gravest crisis yet for the BBC in this kind of thing. Not only because the person involved is as the newspapers say, central to the BBC's output, but also because of the complete cod that they are making, again, at dealing with sexual allegations against an important BBC figure. You'd think Sir, that's what he was called, Jimmy Savile, had never happened. You'd think they hadn't been down this road one, two, five, ten times before, Rolf Harris, Jimmy Savile, all kinds of them. I better not misname anybody. So I'll stop at those two, the two biggest cases in the last decade. But they're making all the same mistakes again. And it seems to be a curse on so-called national broadcasters. In fact, merely mouthpieces of the state that pays for them directly or indirectly. There was already an enormous head of steam behind the campaign to abolish the license fee in Britain. Now I predict this will become unstoppable. So let me add my voice, defund the BBC and RTE and all the other state mouthpieces around the world. No one should be forced to watch any particular television or pay for it whether they watch it or not. Even Stalin didn't think of that one, sending pensioners to prison for refusing or being unable to pay the ever more exorbitant license fee. Now that I've got that off my chest, let me turn to far weightier matters. A cluster flux. That's the only way you can describe a situation whereby the United States of America, who said from the podium in the White House 12 months ago through the mouth of Jen Psaki, the then spokesperson of President Joe Biden, that that cluster bombs constituted a war crime to 12 months later justifying the supply of exactly those weapons to Ukraine from the United States. The commander 
in chief in his dotage, possibly unguardedly, was very honest about why. Because they're running out of ammunition, he said. Which means, of course, that his friends, Zelensky's friends in the armories of Europe and North America must also be running out of ammunition. And yet, not a village has been taken in the so-called spring then summer counteroffensive. So now that you've told the Russians that you've all run out of ammunition, well, you'll be lucky if they stop at Kiev because there must be a temptation to quiet these yapping dogs in the Baltic states. There might even be a temptation to settle scores with the Polish bigger yapping dog. But I don't think that that will happen. I don't think Russia intends even to go to Kiev. But there is no doubt that Ukraine and NATO have lost the war, not just on the battlefield, but in the production plants, in the military-industrial complex. It turns out that notwithstanding an eye-watering amount of money spent on defense budgets, none of the NATO countries are able to fight a war. The British armed forces, led by donkeys, who have never done threatening other people's countries, don't have enough munitions to survive a single day, said the recently retired head of the British military. We would run out in hours, he said. Mind you, we've got the Challenger tank, which we've sent to Ukraine. But hold on, Ukraine in the last hour has just denounced the British restrictions on the use of those Challenger tanks, not to send them to risky areas. Hello, risky areas in a war with a nuclear superpower called Russia. You only want your Challenger tanks to go to areas that are not risky. Where are those? Where are the non-risky areas, little Ben Wallace? that you are prepared to allow the Ukrainians to use your Challenger tank. Speaking of little Ben, you'll remember I have history with him. I did myself up in a dicky bow. I endured the suet pudding of a dinner at the Oxford Union. My good wife in a ball gown, everyone looking their best, all to get my hands on, metaphorically speaking. Little Ben Wallace, who didn't show up for the debate. He had a shiver run up his spine somewhere in Whitehall and failed to make the train. But the man he sent in his stead, the well-named Toby Elwood, he tried to make the best fist he could of his warmongering performances in and outside of the House of Commons. He demurred when I accused him of having called for Britain to implement martial law, even though I had seen him on Sky News 
his lips moving actually say it? Because, of course, under martial law, we wouldn't be having a debate and I wouldn't be broadcasting to you this evening. All civil and democratic rights would be in the bin if we had Toby Elwood in charge of our defenses. But Ben is a bitter man. Bitter because he had set his cocked hat at the NATO top job when the Norwegian tailor's dummy, I never remember, is he a tailor's dummy or a hairdresser? Either way, it, uh, if, the, if the hat fits, wear it. Jens Stoltenberg is due to retire. Little Ben threw his cocked hat in the ring. But Joe Biden put the black spot on little Ben. After all that bowing and scraping, after all that kowtowing, after all that kissing, risky, of the US presidential ring, Joe Biden vetoed Ben Wallace as head of NATO. Adding insult to injury, his pick is Ursula von der Leyen. Because of her vast military experience, of course. Because she knows a thing or two about war. Because her sons are fighting at the front, maybe. Oh no, when asked if her own children were in the military, she said, and I quote, ha, ha. Ha, no, it's other mothers, sons, that they intend to send into the front line. If we get there, I say front line, there will be no meaningful front line, of course, if the nuclear missiles start flying. As I predict, ineluctably, they would and would have to. So we continue to stand on the precipice of the most perilous of time, but we've got Ursula von der Leyen as commander-in-chief to rely on. Or Joe Biden, seen on a beach today. A fine figure of a man for 99. Literally shuffling around in the sand. Like a lost and demented senior, senior. With no one, apparently, even looking after him. But he made the plane and he is on his way now to Europe, to justify a decision on cluster bombs which will force most of the NATO countries to break their own law, their own treaty that they signed with such fanfare, not to have anything further to do with these horrific munitions. You saw the picture I put up on the screen there, a picture of a big bomb with hundreds of little bombs, at least 12% of which in Kosovo failed to explode. That is until a child picks them up, years, even decades after the war has gone. Now, I haven't seen these munitions in Kosovo, though I know that 25 years after that war, only a tiny percentage of the huge numbers of cluster bombs that were dropped on Serbia to force it into submission. A submission which has never come and will never come 
and Kosovo will never be recognized, neither by Serbia nor by her friends, or even by the many European countries with plenty to lose from the right of regions unilaterally to secede from their territory. But I have been in Cambodia. As a matter of fact, I spent three whole weeks in Cambodia as the head of the British contingent of the election monitoring group, uh, monitoring the uh, prime ministerial, general, presidential elections, all in one in the 1990s. I have fond memories of Cambodia, but not so much of the number of limbless and deformed children uh, that I came across as a result of the carpet bombing with these cluster bombs in the war 50 years and more ago. I mean like on every street. I mean like on every corner. I mean a child unable to hold its begging bowl out on every corner in Cambodia as a result of this bombardment. And Laos was even more severely affected by the use of this munition. I dwell on it not just because of my personal experience, although that is profound in my case. I dwell on it not even to show the hypocrisy of Joe Biden. I dwell on it to show the level of servility of the European allies of Joe Biden in NATO. You see, if somebody was forcing you to humiliate yourself in front of your own public, to whom you had campaigned for a ban on cluster munitions, and someone came along and said, that alliance we are in is going to supply them to the regime in Kiev. You'd think that someone, somewhere, particularly in Britain, where the people's princess, Diana, led the campaign to outlaw these weapons, you'd think that somebody would muster the courage to say, not in my name. All they, they needed to say was, I'm in for the war in Ukraine. Matter of fact, I'm even more gung-ho than you, President Biden, though I don't have the wherewithal to actually do anything about it. But up with this, I cannot put, because it makes me look like a moral dwarf in front of my public, in front of my monarch. Charles, it was his wife, as was, who led the campaign. But no, all that Rishi Sunak would say is that Britain discourages the use of cluster bombs in Ukraine. The Italian government's been more forthright. The French uh, government has thus far been silent. Maybe because the French government is sailing into all kinds of trouble with NATO, which may or may not be related 
to recent events. But the French have told NATO that they will not support the opening of a NATO office in Japan on the basis that the North Atlantic Treaty Organization cannot conceivably be defined as having an institutional interest in Tokyo. And they add for good measure. The Japanese are not that mad keen about Joe Biden doing so in any case. France is drawing a line in Asia. Maybe the others in NATO will take heed. Because I warn them this. Losing a war against Russia in Ukraine is one thing. You losing a war against China in the Straits of Taiwan, in the South China Sea, will sink your empire forever. Get off the warpath, ladies and gentlemen. You really are not fit for it. Fasten your seatbelts. It's the mother of all talk shows. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. Mike Jones is an Englishman abroad in Moscow, as it happens, where he is producing some of the finest work from behind the Iron Curtain imposed by us. Since the beginning of the war in Ukraine, not a single word has been heard in Western television, radio, and newspapers about how it all looks from the other side. 
I was brought up to believe that one ought to try and walk a mile in the other fellow's shoes so we could see what makes him tick or limp. But that's not, of course, the policy we have followed. So no one gets interviewed behind that iron curtain we have imposed. No one attempts to explain how the conflict looks from Russia, let alone how it looks from the Russian street, where Mike Jones, former British military officer, has become a blogger, a vlogger, a commentator extraordinaire. I've just been looking at some of his videos of Moscow in just in the last few hours, and they are absolutely beautiful and a must for anyone who wants to know anything beyond the cartoon level of what we are up against. And I'm glad to say he's now a regular contributor to the mother of all talk shows. Mike, welcome back uh, to the uh, show. Let, let me start with uh, the less important, but nonetheless striking. Uh, these are beautiful uh, little videos you're producing of uh, Moscow. Tell the viewers what it's like living in Moscow. It's a wonderful city. Uh, I was walking with my wife just the other day, and one of the key things that sticks out is how family-friendly the, the whole city is. In residential areas, you often have children's playgrounds and always very clean, well-maintained. Uh, the people here uh, are wonderful. It's very easy, actually, to be an Englishman abroad, as you put it, uh, because they're very kind, welcoming, and often very uh, excited to exercise their English language skills. So it is a wonderful place to be in. Thank you, Mr. Galloway, for the very kind words. It is, I think, today, it may have been yesterday, but it's this weekend, uh, the Day of Fidelity and uh, Family uh, in Russia. Uh, it's one of many contrasts between Western society in the, in the, uh, towards the fin de siècle, uh, of uh, globalized capitalism, uh, that uh, the Russians are becoming more faithful and family-oriented at exactly the time these ideas have become, well, jokes, if not swear words, in Western countries. That may strengthen one and weaken the other. What do you think? Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I've recently been to Grozny in Chechnya, uh, where, like most of Russia, but particularly in the Chechen region, there is such uh, a celebration of heritage, culture, tradition, and most of that is centered around the family and all these things that certainly uh, I was raised with to value and treasure and things that, as you rightly say, have almost become taboo in the West. So it's always refreshing to see people celebrate these very important, time-tested and honoured practices and traditions. And as you point out, one society appears to be flourishing, whilst the other one appears to be decaying and crumbling before our eyes. I wonder if these things are in any way connected. Now, moving on, uh, Mike, um, the, uh, the war is going very badly now for NATO. None of their state mouthpieces have said so in as many words yet, but the only meaning you can infer from the cluster bomb cluster flux is that Ukraine is running out of ammunition, 
That means its friends are running out of ammunition, whilst its servicemen are still being literally snatched off the street. I saw a shocking video today uh, of a young man dragged out of his car in Lviv, I think, uh, though it may have been in Odessa, dragged out of his car and dragged off to the front, in front of his family. Uh, the uh, counter-offensive has come up against uh, a ring of steel which it is simply unable to penetrate, particularly if it's run out of ammunition. Is that known widely amongst the Russian public? Uh, I believe so, yes. Uh, the, there's this faith in the leadership and the, the patience, whilst, as we've discussed before, everyone wants this to end as soon as possible, which is completely understandable. No one likes to see this satanic bloodletting that appears to be happening in Ukraine. But Russia appears to be achieving the goal that President Putin set out of demilitarizing Ukraine. But whether it was intended or not, as a knock-on effect, as Biden himself admitted, appears to be demilitarizing NATO, uh, the Western collective countries in general, with all these vehicles being sent to this scrap heap now in Ukraine. So, so much so that, again, as you point out, Ben Wallace then supplying Challenger 2s for God knows what reason. Uh, the leopards burning in the fields, as Russia promised it would do, uh, has been catastrophic for business and those industries and those countries, an absolute embarrassment for them. And again, I can corroborate those testimonies that Ukrainians often refuse to go into battle in the leopards because they know that they are a target and there's even a bounty on these Western machineries that will be paid by funds set up by Russian oligarchs to uh, pay to the servicemen that successfully destroy these. So it's yeah, it's a almost farcical situation at this point, and it would be funny if it wasn't so darn tragic. Well, uh, speaking of uh, our own uh, military, uh, I mentioned in uh, in my monologue the ludicrous demand that the British have made that their Challenger tanks they've given to the Ukrainians must not be sent to risky areas. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not sure that there is a single place in all of Ukraine, there is not a risky area in the middle of a war. You know very well we have two aircraft carriers, one of them held together by, by chewing gum, the other one out of action altogether. Uh, our entire military, Air Army, Navy and Air Force would fit comfortably actually into Villa Park in Birmingham and still have room for a few elephants uh, wandering around backstage. Uh, how come our armed forces' actual prowess is in such stark contrast to the warlike languages and threats made by the donkeys that lead them? Tobias Elwood needs to be prevented from any uh, television appearances, in my opinion, it is bafflingly... Uh, bizarre some of the things he comes out with talking about direct confrontation with russia and this is the same military that even when i was a part of it for 20 years ago now was being very uh slowly degraded with cuts upon cuts upon cuts and despite a proud history and you know competence of its service members the idea that it could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a superpower like russia is just unimaginable and i think sometimes even ben wallace has slightly understood this and said it 
but Tobias Elwood seems to be living in this alternate reality, and he's not the only one. Uh, Bierbach as well, uh, in her own little uh, fantasy land half the time, and even, as you've said, Ursula von der Leyen is another one. Uh, these people at the top in these worrying positions of power seem so greatly disconnected from not just uh, reality when it comes to the conflict, but even their own countries and economies. Uh, the West called for regime change in Russia, and nearly every country that uh, sounded that same call has seemed to have political issues, most notably recently Macron in France, fiddling whilst Paris burns. Or Ruta in the Netherlands, who has finally fallen. Let's hope the Dutch farmers have a famous victory in yet another general election forthcoming there. It's like a curse. Uh, You know, all these politicians that said Assad must go have all themselves now gone. And the, the politicians that said Putin must go are going down like uh, nine pins. And some fools say there is no God, Mike. Yeah, it does, it does seem to be this strange, um, often quipped as the Zelensky curse uh, for some of these politicians. But I, I understand, really, if these people are living in these dream fantasy lands and uh, their economies that are uh, pretty much being sabotaged, if not you know, destroyed with these ridiculous sanctions that they keep breaching for and recycling and trying to assure everyone eventually it's going to work, when quite clearly the evidence suggests it's the opposite effect, destroying their own economy, economies, Germany being deindustrialized now, uh, capital flight out of Germany, uh, something that hasn't been seen in years and it probably would never have been thought of before. These are, are really... Uh, really notable times we're living in, which is why um, I feel most motivated to do as much as I can to cover and document it. Unfortunately, YouTube disagrees with me and deleted my entire channel <laughs> off, the, off the platform. Uh, well, we'll have to find you elsewhere. We'll ask again at the end of this interview how best people can uh, follow you. But, you know, you can always count on capitalism to show you the straws in the wind. And... I saw one of them on the supermarket shelves in Moscow uh, just the other day. Pringles. Pringles are back in, uh, in Russia. Uh, they're not called Pringles, uh, but they are Pringles. And a lot of these businesses that cut and ran, many of them good riddance, McDonald's and Coca-Cola and all the rest, Many of them are now creeping back as the Russian economy booms while the Western economies flop. You getting much sense of that yourself? Absolutely. That's another comic aspect. So Starbucks, for instance, you'll walk down the street and it's now called Stars Coffee. Same color of the logo and emblem. Obviously, that's intentional to keep that brand recognition. But Starbucks can safely say, oh, we don't do business in Russia as Starbucks. Sure, but you can. those brands are still present. And that's just one example out of a whole raft of them. And again, for me, it gives me this wry smile of, again, another example of hypocrisy from the West. Oh, we'll say this, and yet they, they do another. And as you've pointed out, capitalism, that greed, that profit, they just cannot deny the market share that Russia represented and that they walked away from. Ledouard Merlin is actually a French company. They refused uh, to leave Russia 
simply because of that fact, a huge part of their market share in this home improvement sector, they're a DIY store, uh, was represented in Russia. And they knew it would be catastrophic for their business if they were to engage in these sort of moral politics that uh, that, that caught everyone and everyone got so enthusi- enthusiastic about. But uh, they've stayed and other companies, um, German, uh, a German rival to them left. And of course, Leroy Merlin have then profited and filled that gap. If not these foreign companies, which there is a less case, the most common case, like you said, with Coca-Cola, now there's Dobri Cola, very same coloring, very similar lettering, but now a, a Russian company that's coming to fill that void of that demand. Hence why the Russian economy is booming and the, certainly domestically speaking, and the other Western economies are seemingly collapsing. Well, Finland, uh, having made such a, a song and dance about uh, stopping Russian gas, has now restarted it. Almost everyone in Europe is buying Russian gas more expensively than it would have been if they'd bought it from Russia. They're buying it from India, which bought it from Russia, and so on. Uh, as you say, as you said earlier, if it wasn't so serious, it's enough to make you laugh, really. Yeah, I believe uh, Russia was the primary supplier of gas to Spain as well for the month of June. It was reported, I think, in Russian media. Again, uh, that's where there's this uh, this agenda that they're pushing, which, again, disconnected from reality and reason. Yet you can't argue with just the facts that uh, energy is required. And uh, before people enjoyed this cheap gas, Russia was a reliable supplier of this energy that fed the engine of Europe in Germany. And without that, and by conjuring this fake narrative and having to have the ramifications forced upon peoples who I don't believe, and they tell me themselves, would never have supported these actions against Russia, all in support of this proxy state created primarily by Victoria Newland and funded by the US uh, with Biden and Hunter's involvement as well there, for this, for this confrontation seemingly born out of just hatred uh, or, or personal agreements against either the leader or, or the country itself. Uh, it's really, again, as you say, it's it would be funny if it wasn't so serious. And get, again, the populations now in the West that are suffering may, make this all the more tragic. Mike, uh, where can people now best see your material? Uh, primarily uh, Telegram, uh, t.me forward slash TV. I have um, toyed around with other... Uh, new channels on YouTube. Otherwise, my channel's still active on Rumble. Uh, and that's where it's uh, rumble.tv, I think, uh, forward slash TV. Okay, brilliant. I hope everyone uh, you. tunes in because uh, you are a very valuable voice from somewhere that we're not really hearing from at all. Mike Jones, thanks for joining us on the mother of all talk shows. Uh, now, uh, YouTube comments. Roger Asai says, what does it show about NATO? that the addition of Japan, the entirety of the World War II Axis powers will be shoulder to shoulder under US leadership. Indeed so. And Frankie says, Threads jumped onto Instagram to get numbers and now you can't delete it without deleting Instagram. What a con. Zuckerberg, a con? Really? Uh, On the line, Kevin in Suffolk in England on Ukraine. Go ahead, Kev. Hello, mate. Um, okay, so um, 
Firstly, I just want to make a comment about these uh, cluster munitions. I mean, they're obviously they're going to be fired on on territory that will be part of Russia. So in months and years to come, it's going to be Russian kids that find these things. Um, I mean, I don't know if if people have factored that in, but that's that's. Uh, I think that's part of the calculation for providing this stuff. Um, I mean, they're effectively like a terrorist weapon. They're, they're terrible. Um, well, it shows, uh, it shows that they, they definitely have no confidence about retaking that territory, or they wouldn't be sowing it uh, with uh, tens, hundreds of thousands of landmines uh, in front of them. They're obviously not intending to advance. Yeah, very true. Um, the other thing is, um, I mean, I think <clears throat> I was certainly hoping, and I think maybe you were, that um, there would be such a realignment um, if, if and when Russia achieves <clears throat> achieve their aims in this war, that it would force some kind of realignment in the West. Um, but I think what's going to happen. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a natural pessimist, but I think the West is going to basically sacrifice. I mean, they'll they'll cut Ukraine off, and they will blame. They will let Biden carry the can. I mean, whoever is really running things. Biden, Biden will be sacrificed. I mean, you can see that being lined up already. Um, and they will also, and I think this is partly why Boris was sent uh, last year, but he will be um, vilified. He will be vilified for, uh, you know, there will be a total change of the media coverage. Like, what on earth was Boris up to? Why did he scupper the peace plan? Blah, blah, blah. You know what's going to happen. They, they will they will just reorder what they've done. And the only thing, the, the, the thing I wanted to say as well is that um, <clears throat> Colonel McGregor was saying the other day that he holds no hope for the 2024 election. He thinks it's going to be... I mean, I, I don't know what you think, George, but I think it's painfully obvious that, you know, the fix was in last time um, and that it, it will happen again, especially if it's a three-way race between um, uh, RFK, Trump and uh, whoever, you know, the, the, the globalist candidate is. It will even be easier to actually t to put the fix in, I think. Because um, it's exactly... If you, if I you think know uh, Colonel McGregor's view... Yeah, Kevin, I think uh, Colonel McGregor's view is that we will not reach 2024 and the presidential election, that something will break uh, before that. I never had the chance to find out from him what he means by that. He's probably not yet willing to say what he means by that. But he seemed to imply uh, that the democratic system was broken beyond repair in the United States and something other than a presidential election in 2024 will happen. Thanks, Kev. Coming up, a real live Ukrainian, not just a Ukrainian, a former Ukrainian diplomat, Andrei Telezhenko, coming up after the breaks. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. Now, we don't often get to talk to a Ukrainian on the Mother of All Talk Shows. We've tried many, many times, but most are afraid to do so because anyone with a different point of view inside Ukraine is in very real danger. Even two of his young opponents are set to be executed, executed without trial, uh, I read just yesterday. But others, members of parliament included, former ministers included, former diplomats, uh, have been uh, shanghaied, banged up, tortured, and disappeared. But one brave former Ukrainian diplomat and whistleblower has joined us this evening on the mother of all talk shows. His name is Andriy Telezhenko, and I'm particularly pleased to see him here. Andriy, thank you for uh, joining us. There's so much uh, that we could uh, discuss. Can we start with the Biden crime family? Because I suspect, as someone was saying on the line just a minute ago, uh, it's clear that they've decided that the Bidens have to be the scapegoats. And it seems to me obvious that the Hunter Biden business empire with Barisma and all the murky uh, goings on that his father, when vice president of the United States, engaged in, uh, will be the proximate reason. So although Barisma is a forgotten name now, I suspect in the next few months, the word Burisma will be on everyone's lips. Now, you played a role in, uh, in attempting to blow the whistle on the Biden Burisma lash up. Tell us about it. Hello, Mr. Galloway. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on. It's a great honor uh, to be on your show. Uh, I can tell you, yeah, this situation where I got myself in, when I came out with the truth on Burisma, on Hunter Biden, on Blue Star Strategies, and on the big guy, the vice president at the time uh, of, of the United States, Joe Biden, I got politically destroyed. They tried to politically destroy me. Ukraine was investigating Burisma. Ukraine, the prosecutor general's office of Ukraine, had six criminal cases opened onto the Burisma gas company on itself. And it got closed down after with a prosecutor, which Joe Biden wanted to get fired for the transaction of a billion dollars of loan guarantees to Ukraine. They, they got a new prosecutor and they closed the whole case, all six cases, and Burisma just paid $200,000 of tax uh, fees, and that's it. And today we see the result. It was all a corrupt scheme. Joe Biden knew where his son was going into. Uh, I know this because I was in the whole process of change from starting from the working in the Ukraine government, overseeing the intelligence community, ending with the prosecutor's office and working in Washington in the Ukraine embassy, and then working for the diplomatic, uh, diplomatic lobby firm, Blue Star Strategies, which was the middleman between Joe Biden and uh, Burisma. They were the ones who overseen Hunter Biden's work in Ukraine with almost people like Amos Holstein who connected this whole story together. Joe Biden, when his son was getting hired into Burisma, exactly knew what the company was about. Because Blue Star Strategies prepared 
a couple of documents for him. One legit, one not legit. Like the mafia does. One legit show the barista is a okay company. They have some problems, but they can be solved with PR. The other one they gave to Joe Biden directly, showing what barista was about, how corrupt it was, how to make money on it, on the side for Joe Biden's family, and they that's what they were doing. They were making money out of this whole corrupt scheme in Ukraine. And the outcome we see today, how Ukraine was used by the corrupt deep state in Washington, the outcome is war and deaths in Ukraine because Ukraine was used as it was used 10 years ago and it is used today still by the deep state elites in Washington. And not just the Bidens, of course, the sons yeah. of Pelosi, uh, John Kerry, uh, Mitt Romney, are all working in Ukraine, what first attracted all these Ukrainian companies to the sons of uh, prominent American politicians? I mean, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to work out what's going on here, Andre. Of course. The problem is the Ukrainians themselves, the Ukrainian government, the elites, led to buy in into this uh, so-called democracy. They bought Americans to cover up their stories. And the Americans... The Washington deep state elites, like Hillary Clinton, Blue Star Strategies, is a Hillary Clinton lobby firm. Sally Painter and Karen Sherman, the CEOs of the company, used to be chief of staff to Bill Clinton and the advisor to Bill Clinton when he was the president of the United States in the 90s. So this, these guys, they're all interconnected with each other. Mitt Romney, for example, blocked my subpoena when Senator Johnson, when I was part of, when I came out and started to talk in truth, and gave evidence to the U.S. Senate. They wanted to subpoena me so I could provide more documents which were under the Non-Disclosure Act in the agreement with Blue Star. But Brent Mitt Romney blocked my subpoena in the Committee of Intelligence in the United States. His vote blocked my subpoena in March of 2020, and they only got a part of it. Today, I'm t I can speak the truth because I got falsely sanctioned by the U.S. government. I was sanctioned by the Ukrainian government illegally because they cannot sanction their own citizens just because coming out and telling the truth. I was part of their team for years. I thought I, I thought it was democracy. I was young, I was part of the coup in Maidan coup. Uh, Senator McCain came, I was responsible for security. I was in the White House numerous times officially during official visits and meetings with the national security team of Joe Biden and Obama administration. And this is all on record in the Senate report, which Senator Johnson, Senator Grassley published in 2020 on Hunter Biden. But then they smeared me and they said, oh, because this guy told the truth. And I saw it. I don't want this thing happening to my country. I want Ukraine to be used as a rag in this situation. And I came out and started telling the truth. I thought it would be investigated properly. And this Ukraine would stop being used. No. They just, they just went and destroyed me and labeled me as a pro-Russian, Russian spy. And then they just closed all, all the cases on Burisma, on the Ukraine interference in the elections. Because I also testified to the Federal Election Commission to the FBI, but it, it all got closed down after I got sanctioned. So this is the sole process. Ukrainians just let themselves be used. And this is what's happening today. The elites, not the citizens, but the elites of Ukraine. Because after the fall of the Soviet Union, it was the prestige to be part of the West, prestige to be part of the United States. If you have a connection with the US ambassador, or you have a connection with the vice president, you're God in Ukraine. You can get at any government position, any corrupt scheme, you'll be covered up, protected, and that's it. That's why it all led into this whole mess we see today. And it's still continuing, but with larger numbers. More than $200 billion were sent to Ukraine, and we don't know where they are. People are still collecting money for the soldiers on the street 
because the soldiers don't have enough equipment. But this work is not going to be stopped just because if they would properly investigate the corruption and Joe Biden would not be president because he was corrupt. He knew what his son, his son was doing, he knew how he was making money, not only through his son, but how because there was the money which was paid to his son was red flagged by the Latvian financial intelligence. This, the company where his son worked with illegally formed the owner of the company, Boris Mazlochevsky, or when he was the minister of ecology, he signed certificates for his own company for gas development. So his company became an, a monopoly in the gas market in Ukraine in the 2000s. So the company itself was formed illegal. That's why it was investigated. It had six criminal cases, and they were all closed down after Joe Biden pushed his own prosecutor general in Ukraine to close down those cases and fire the people they needed to fire. And as I said today, if this was properly investigated, we would not have a war today. And it could still be properly investigated, and the war can be stopped, because these people who are responsible for this, they have to go to prison, or they have to stand in front of Congress or U.S. authorities and tell what what happened for real. And because they threw whistleblowers like me under the bus, people are afraid to come up and tell the truth, because they don't see, oh, Telezhenko got thrown under the bus. Why should we come up and tell the truth if we're going to be also destroyed? This is the question. The U.S. Congress, U.S. Uh, Republican Party today under, uh, under Trump should come together and help people like me to come up with, to tell the truth and go in front of Congress and stand in front of the Department of Justice, any court. I can stand in front of any court and testify under oath with evidence and documents what really happened in Ukraine. But the problem is they don't have the guts for, for, to do this right now. And I hope they will get the guts to come up and start doing what they have to do. Well, look, it's not a great line, Andre, but it was great testimony. And I'm sure everyone will be looking you up now to get uh, more deeply into your role as a whistleblower. I wish you uh, safety, uh, first of all, and clarity and a better line next time we talk. Thanks for Thank joining us, Andre Telezhenko. Uh, who's going to win, Musk's Twitter or Zuckerberg's threads? Looks like Zuck is unraveling in the poll here. At least get your vote in before the uh, end of the show. Monkey Boy says landlords are raising rents in Britain by £100 and more. Prices in food supermarkets increase daily. People can't afford to heat their homes. Glad the sanctions against Russia are working. Well, it's only about 15 weeks to the winter time. Uh, email into the show tonight from uh, Tony. Remember our email address on air at moats.tv. Hi, George. Sir Graham Brady is believed to have 44 letters of no confidence in Rishi Sunak. How many European governments will be left standing? So many are in big political trouble. Thanks, Tony. Blimey, is it that season again? Letters. Sir Graham Brady, no confidence. I've been here before. Deja vu. I'll be right back after a quick break. Now, I talked about Cambodia earlier, but I did mention that Laos was even worse hit by cluster bombs and by literally unimaginable levels of bombing. Laos, anyone know where it is? Tiny place. Certainly very few Americans knew where it was, least of all the Congress, because Richard Nixon was literally making war on Laos when nobody in the United States government even knew about it. But uh, one of my favorite Twitter accounts, Sarah Sahuraxo, 
posted this. The U.S. dropped 270 million cluster bombs on Laos every eight minutes, 24 hours a day for nine years from 1964 until 1973, a plane load of cluster bombs was dropped on Laos by American B-52s. Fifty years later, civilians, including children, are still being blown up by the bombs. Just think about that. Here's the numbers uh, in the UK and Ireland, 08081 It's entirely free. You call us now, we'll call you back. In the US and Canada, it's plus one eight four four nine four four double three double four, and in the rest of the world, it's four four two zero three nine double six two six two five. Of course, uh, the situation in Ukraine is uh, very uh, serious. Uh, Gonzalo Lira is still missing. Andre, uh, I don't know his location, but I'd be very surprised if he is currently in Ukraine. Because anyone with a different point of view in Ukraine, their life is at risk. The life of their family is at risk. At the very least, you'll be shanghaied unless you're over 66 and be sent to the front line as a mine clearer. Uh, Or you'll be thrown into a dungeon or you'll be disappeared or you'll be murdered. The opposition political parties have all been banned. Elections have been cancelled. All opposition media has been closed. The Kiev gang is in power in perpetuity. At least that's what they think. Ian is in Loch Lomond. Well, how could I resist a call from Loch Lomond? even if he wants to talk about Turkey. Ian, welcome. Hi, George. Nice to talk to you. And you, what a lovely location. Good to see you on the screen. What would you like to say, Ian? Well, I'm a Black Islander originally. I just find myself washed up by Loch Lomond. Um, (laughs) George, I was wondering what you make of what uh, Erdogan and Turkaye is doing. We had uh, President Zelensky do his little uh, tour of NATO countries uh, prior to the Vilnius uh, summit coming up next week, Monday, Tuesday. And um, he insulted the Bulgarian president but managed to get a power deal out of that. (laughs) He then went to Turkey. And we know how close Turkey has been to Russia recently. Talk of a new uh, Turk Stream hub and energy hub. And he comes away, it seems like nothing's going to happen. Suddenly he comes away with the five Azov commanders that Turkey had brokered last year after Mariupol to keep under house arrest, who'd promised on their parole not to take part in the conflict. But 
Erdogan lets him go. They fly back with Zelensky. They have this um, ceremony in Lviv and they say, well, we're going back to the conflict. And then we know that they they announced that they're having a deal that Ukraine and Turkey will make drone weapons. Has Turkey... Erdogan, we know, he likes to play both sides of the, the, the wing at once. But has he stabbed... Russia and Putin in the back because Putin got a lot of flack when he allowed those Asimov battalion commanders to go to Turkey. I was wondering what you thought. Well, uh, a brilliant and uh, erudite uh, call uh, from Loch Lomond from a Black Isle man. Uh, It's a credit to our country. Ian, uh, that uh, level of question. Uh, My answer in short is no. I don't believe that Turkey has stabbed Russia in the back. I think there are things we don't know yet uh, about what's going on. Uh, President Putin wrote, or published rather, today, a very long treatise, which I read word by word, even though a lot of the words are quite difficult to read. Uh, And the history was long and complex. Uh, But his uh, thesis uh, that he published today was that the Russians and the Ukrainians are one people, uh, or at least half of the Ukrainians and the Russians are one people. Make of that uh, what you will. He also appeared uh, to be ready to agree to uh, a properly applied Minsk II agreement as a a solution to the crisis, which I was surprised to read. Now, uh, in the end, I want the war to end. Uh, I think the the Russian leadership knows far more than I possibly can about the political and military situation on the ground, in the air, and in the in in the international corridors. Uh, And so I suspect there's something going on, uh, some kind of basis uh, being uh, discussed for uh, some kind of agreement, basically to halve uh, the Ukraine into what you might call the Korean frozen conflict uh, situation. North Korea, South Korea, East Ukraine, West Ukraine. I don't believe that that will resolve Uh, the fundamental reasons for the war in every regard because the Western Ukraine would then become even more of a satrapy of of NATO. Uh, And so I I hope that that's not how it ends. It seems to me that a division of the country and a regime change in Kiev, uh, which will lock NATO out of uh, Western Ukraine, Uh, is uh, a fundamental uh, and and inescapable condition for an end to the war. That and the liberation of uh, Odessa, a Russian city, if ever there was one, an historic Russian city, if ever there was one, and a link up with with Transnistria, and therefore the land locking uh, of the Western Ukrainian state. So... Uh, we'll see. But anyway, the point I'm making is you would have thought that Putin was pretty busy to be writing a long, historical, erudite, intellectual, academic, 
a piece on how we got here, but he did, and it bears his fingerprints all over it. I have no doubt that he did not uh, delegate to any AI or any factotum to write it uh, for him. It's worth reading if you're interested in this subject in detail. But back to Turkey. Uh, Russia should never have agreed uh, to send these Nazi leaders uh, to Turkey. Uh, it cannot have expected uh, that uh, Erdogan would send them back quite so quickly. Uh, where they were living safely, some of them have gotten fat, they have been living well in Turkey, the food's lovely there. Now they're back in Ukraine and forced to say they're headed back to the front. Well, I suspect they will not last long at the front, and I suspect that little Zelensky hopes that they will not last long at the front. Because think of this, Ian. How will Zelensky's end come? Almost certainly not uh, on the end of a Russian missile, still less on the end of a Russian bayonet. Zelensky's end will come from the bayonets, the daggers of all those people around him particularly the right sector, the Azov Battalion, now regiment, uh, the Banderites, the supporters of the Hitler, Nazi collaborating operator of the mass murder machine of the Holocaust in the East. These are the people that will make short work of Mr. Zelensky. And who knows when they'll come bursting through his door. Putin will be going to Turkey very soon, uh, which is in itself interesting that he goes there after Zelensky has been there and so on. We'll have to wait and see. Meanwhile, the war drags on and it's going very badly for the Ukrainian side. So uh, any negotiation will, of course, begin from the point at which the fighting stops. And that's where time is against. Uh, Zelensky. Porchview Farm says, thank you, George, for having Andrei Terzhenko. It's about time he is known. I've been listening to him since 2017. Definitely. We'll have him back on, just get a better line. Uh, back to the lines. Ardavan is in Switzerland to talk about Iran. How's that for a global university of the airwaves? Go ahead, sir. Uh, good evening, uh, Mr. Galloway. I just called you to ask you a question, and that is, if I am not mistaken, Iran just became the ninth uh, fully-fledged member of the SCO. So I was wondering, what is your yes. take on this uh, whole situation? In particular, with regards, if I understand correctly, it's going to have a uh, major effect in terms of the dealing with Afghanistan. Uh, most of the countries around Afghanistan are now part of the SCO. So uh, is this going to change anything in terms of Afghanistan, apart from the fact that it's going to be well, a Well, I think Afghanistan will, yeah. I think Afghanistan itself uh, is interested in joining the SCO. Uh, and uh, on the face of it, that sounds to me like a good idea. The more Afghanistan can be brought in from the cold, uh, the better life will be for the poor Afghans who have suffered from now more than 40 years of war 
including civil war, but foreign invasion and occupation. Uh, that's too much for anybody to bear. Uh, the SCO contains more than half of the world's population. It now contains well over half of the world's sovereign wealth. And I think it's on course to merge with the BRICS, which will have to have a new acronym, of course, from A to Z. There's 41 countries trying to join the BRICS. I think the SCO, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, and the BRICS will merge, and they will have a single currency. They will have their own gold-backed currency. Just think about that. Who's going to keep their money in reserve in dollars, pieces of worthless paper, when they could hold the BRICS currency backed by the gold standard? Ardman, thanks for the call. Michael is in Washington State. Let's hear from him. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you for your courage and leading by example, George. Thank you for accepting this call. Thank you, sir. Thank the uh, deal with the five Azovs going to uh, Zelensky is apparently, according to uh, the Military Summary Channel, YouTube channel, he has a speculation on that. And that is, you know, Turkey and Russia communicate. They don't have any allegiance to uh, Ukraine, certainly. And there was a grain deal that allowed Ukraine to ship grains in and out, going in and out of Odessa. And apparently there was enough uh, under the cover shenanigans that uh, Putin was tired of putting up with, that now Putin is allowed to break that deal and save face and take over and stop the grain shipments coming out of uh, Odessa. And in addition to that, uh, then Russia will be able to more patrol the Black Sea area around there and keep the uh, American uh, drones out, the detection drones. How's that? Well, I agree with you, Michael. I, I, I said earlier, and I say it again, uh, although, of course, President Erdogan is famously opportunistic, uh, I think that the course for Turkey is set. It is an Eastern course. It is a Eurasian course. Uh, the West has been spurned by Turkey because the West spurned Turkey. Erdogan has spurned the West because the West tried to destroy Erdogan. Uh, so uh, the die is cast and the future for Turkey is headed East as a major powerful uh, force uh, within uh, the the new Eurasian uh, future. I don't believe, as I said earlier, that Erdogan stabbed uh, Russia in the back. And I do think there are many things that we don't yet know about uh, all of this. These Azov people will now have to go back to the front, Mike. I'm not sure quite how much they really will relish it. But now that I've got you on, uh, Tell me this, you're in uh, a progressive part of the country. I think we can agree on that. What's the current feeling amongst the citizens around you about the war in Ukraine? I, uh, I actually don't know. I don't ask about it very much because uh, I'm not crazy about the way Biden is doing things. And I uh, test, test this out once in a while, mentioning 
things about the economy. Uh, I get funny looks, so it's hard to tell. And uh, is Biden popular there in Washington State? <sighs> I, that's, I can't tell. I really, I really, uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people have misgivings underneath that they don't talk about because with all the media, you know, going south on the cocaine thing, it's, um, I think people are unwilling to say, oh, yeah, I was for Joe. And I don't think they're so willing to say that. It's just kind of muffled. No. Very muffled. Muffled, uh, indeed. Muffled, uh, muffled by the snow job that's being done on the cocaine scandal in the, in the area of the White House, the only friends and family uh, can be allowed in with uh, cameras bristling from every eve, from every wall, in every room and corridor, but they might not be able to find out who the culprit was that was sniffing the coke inches away from the nuclear football operated by an octogenarian senile old fool. It's kind of a morality tale of the West. I made the point earlier, I make it again now in different words. It's one thing to be enthralled to American leadership when American leadership looks like something, Jack Kennedy, Bill Clinton even, Barack Obama even. But when you're taking orders from a man so physically and mentally infirm as Joe Biden, and when you're being asked to commit harikiri in your own national interest, to destroy your own economy, to make your own people cold, to make your own people poorer than they were before, to risk your own political future and your chances of re-election when you're being asked to do all of that by Joe Biden? What kind of man or woman are you if you agree to do that? So I don't really blame the Americans. They've actually done all right economically out of all this. You heard an earlier caller saying we're we're going to have to buy their gas at whatever the price. Well, good for them. I don't blame the Americans. I blame us. And I, I know that people like to say, well, you say us, it's our leaders. But the leaders were elected by us. The leaders are not being removed by us. Or they blame the media, but the media is paid for by us. If nobody watched Sky News, if nobody paid the BBC license fee, if nobody paid for the gutter newspapers in Britain, if nobody consumed the fake news industry, they'd all collapse. If nobody voted for these politicians who've committed suicide on your behalf, they'd be out of office. So who do I blame ultimately? At the end, I guess I have to confess 
I blame us because we failed. Those of us involved in politics, we failed to change enough people's minds. And the rest of you who are not involved in politics have to live with the consequences of our failure. I pray to God nightly as always, but I pray to God that it will not be fatal, this failure, and that it will not bring about the destruction, the end of all this wonderful world. Thanks very much for watching what has been the mother of all talk shows. God willing, I'll be back on Wednesday at the slightly later time of 9 p.m. UK time. Please bring another viewer with you. I don't know the numbers over the last seven days. It's a million plus, that's all they tell me now. But I want to be two million. I want to be two million. I want to be able to tell you that. All the best. Have a good night.